You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. This is episode 67. If you are not already subscribed, you can find us at Geeks Unleashed everywhere, including your favorite podcast platform. Remember, five-star reviews help us get found by more listeners, so please rate and review Geeks Unleashed on Apple or Podchaser. I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. Uh, This week's review, we are reviewing the Marvel Cinematic Movie, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And spoiler warning, this is a review show, so if you have not had a chance to watch Shang-Chi, then you might want to pause this and come back later because we are about to ruin everything. This week, we are also joined by our guest, Jelani, from the Pop Culture Philosophers. Welcome, Jelani. Hello, guys. Yeah, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm a little under the weather, so if I sound like crud, it's it's that. <laughs> Tis yeah, the season. Uh, yes, yes. So, yeah. Thank you so much for being uh, for me being here. I, I've seen the movie. I watched the movie twice. So, wow. yeah, I really want to see it again too. Um, yeah. But I saw it once, and as soon as I walked out, I was like, "Oh yeah, sometime next week, I gotta I gotta get in there and get another one in." Yeah, I can. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to get my perspectives in. I, I, I've got to, since I'm critiquing the film, I, I, I should, you know, try to go see the film twice and just pay for it. Do you know what, though? A lot of the time <laughs> when we're reviewing stuff, I try, and watch like. stuff, I try and watch stuff twice as well, like if we can. Like, but I've only, unfortunately, seen it the once um, before oh, this no, week's review. Um, before we jump into actually the review, we thought we could just have a little little chit chat and uh, I always ask everybody this question because I'm just always curious sort of what is your secret origin Jelani how did you get into pop culture comic books you know how did they find you or you find them well um it's a funny story uh I was bullied in middle school a lot yeah uh you know because I was just I was the short kid I wore the glasses I was kind of geeky anyway but I really wasn't into it as much so I, I like I was an introvert for a little bit but but I have extroverted parents so it worked out in that way so yeah. th- this long story short uh, I went into drawing and decided I wanted to um, be an be an artist when I grow up that was one of the things I wanted to really try so I, I, lo- I loved art I loved um, cartoons. I, I drew. I got in trouble a lot uh, drawing <laughs> in class. Uh, so uh, uh, my parents were like, "Well, we're going to try to use this skill for you." So they got me art paper and all the stuff, and I started to draw. And I really got into it. And um, I had, and since I was bullied so much, I would go to the school counselor a lot. And my school counselor, uh, her name was uh, Nidia, a beautiful woman, great, great, great woman. Um, I, I have no clue where she is now. I really <laughs> wish I kept up with her. But she owned a comic book store called The Comic oh, Shop. Wow. Oh, wow. And uh, my first foray into anything uh, pop culture related or comic related in, in, in general was uh, she, she gave me an X-Men calendar and from her store. And I never, you know, I, I've seen the X-Men, you know, once or twice. I wasn't really a big thing, big into it. Um, I was just... Uh, you know, just this kid. And um, when I realized I like the, these characters, I like, I like uh, the way they look and I want to know more about them. So then I started going to her store um, 
on the comic shop and it's like really close from the school. So it was like, it wasn't a, like a really good jaunt, but it was a good drive. <laughs> but when I got there, um, I started to read classic X-Men and I love the X-Men. It's like one of my favorite books to this day. And I got into it from there. I started reading books. Uh, gosh, ever since then, uh, I, I've drawn for a long time. Uh, don't have a lot of good, great drawings, mind you, but I still play around with it every once in a while. And uh, that's kind of how I started. And then I met up with Robbie uh, towards my high, uh, actually, when I got out of high school, we were actually in the same high school together. Okay. And, uh, and um, but we never knew each other until outside of it. And we started working in the movie theater together, uh, a movie theater called Hollywood 18. And uh, <laughs> Hollywood 18 is awesome. It was just a great, uh, we goofed off more than we did work. And it was the first real job we ever had. And we, that theater was torn down just last year. Oh. So, yeah, I'm really sad about it. But uh, that's where I watched most of the movies that, I, I just ingrained in my head. So <laughs> I don't have encyclopedic knowledge, but it's pretty close of things <laughs> that I enjoy. And I, I and then I worked with Robbie again um, at Hollywood Video. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so was, that, was that was that by accident or was that kind no, of like no no no? I got him the job. Oh so okay yeah. We uh, Robbie and I have been uh, together for a long time. Like as far as our friendship goes, we it's been over well over 20 years so like when he invited me to become part of the, the pop culture philosophers and, and the excitable pcp crew i was like okay <laughs> i guess that's a good thing to do <laughs> and we we started doing videos and stuff like that and we were doing them in his apartment and uh after a while uh the pandemic of course happened and you know the craziness started and he was like well let's do you know meetings let's just get on online and stream and I was like, okay, sure. So <laughs> that's fine. And uh, as I'm sitting here now, like I was setting up my, I had to get a camera and I had to get all this other stuff together. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> I, I'm not really prepared for this. And like, I don't have the hair for this. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there's a lot of different things I was going through on my really dumb, silly things. But uh, we eventually like made our first review spawn and uh our first uh, and it's our still our like highest rated video on youtube uh as a movie review and uh we've been doing movie reviews for fridays ever since um i love to talk about things i love to talk about film i like to talk about music i love comics um not as much anymore because i i changed from reading comics to getting action figures as some of you guys probably well know now yeah, yeah. i have a treasure trove of things. I think I'm turning into a toy hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange little setup. So, yeah, that, that's a long and short of me. Uh, I work from home, so I got lucky. I was lucky with that. Uh, I drive for Uber and Lyft for fun, just to just to see different people's reactions to different things. I pick up everyone. So, yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't have that many passions, but I do. I, I really love pop culture. I really love the space that we're in. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like that we have this medium to like talk about it. So, you know, that's me in a nutshell. That's all I got. 
I no, 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 that's brilliant. Like the ramble. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's been a, that's actually quite an interesting take because I always love to know how people got started. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I, I I was the same. I was fourteen. I was in an art. Strangely enough, I was in an art class, and the guy sitting next to me, I didn't even know comics were a thing. Like I, you know, I knew that. I'd seen Spider-Man cartoons and X-Men cartoons, but it was similar to you, the guy sitting next to me in my art class just turned around to me and said, I'm going to the comic shop at the weekend. Do you want to come? I went, there's a such thing as a comic shop. It's like, what? Like, so yeah. I just went a lot. I went along. Obviously, you know, there's obviously more like I won't go into it. Obviously, it's not my it's not my story now. It's chatting to you. But yeah, it's sort of similar. Like I so I always get interested in how did people find pop culture? Some people it's like their parents. Um, and I find that as well, like with sport, people that are really into sport, their parents tend to be really into sport, or you know, how did that come about? Um so I mean, is there anything that you're because you said about not really as into comics right now, more action figures. What, what are you enjoying right now, whether it's movies, TVs, or comics? Or... Um, well, not much. I mean, since the pandemic, it's, it's cut off most of my enjoyability for, <laughs> for, for film. Um, I, I loved movies. So, like, every Thursday night when a movie would come out, like, you know, before the midnight show, I would mm-hmm. get the midnight show. And the pandemic happened, and it was just like, I don't have a me. Medium. I don't know what to do with my life, and I, I used to like. I I, I mean I, I read a lot for a long time, and, and I, I was deep into um, Harry Potter, um, that book series. Um, I, I read you know off and on, uh, like uh, and also I love Lord of the Rings, um, just good fantasy books, things uh, horror, uh, Stephen King novels always get me. Oh, wow. um, so it, it, it's it, it's a mixed bag for me. I, I try a few things, but toys, I have to go back to my toys. My toys are my real passion because <laughs> I, I didn't get that many as a kid and I wanted everything. So so are you going I, back and like trying to hunt stuff back from when you were younger or right. are you buy, buying yeah. current stuff or is it a mixture of the two? I, I'm into like the uh, Masters of the Universe line, the Origins line. Mm. Um, I've gotten back into G.I. Joe these six inch figures of the devil uh, targeting exclusives. <laughs> the way they distribute toys now is, is, is crazy. Cause like, I'll have to wake up at like seven in the morning to get to target at eight to try to get a figure that if I don't get it now, I'll never see it again. Or if I do, it's $400. So I, I don't like to play those games. So it's, it's like I said, uh, it's a mixed bag for me. Like I, I, I'm into certain things. Uh, I, I love the What If show right now on oh, yeah. Disney Plus. Um, of course, I love The Mandalorian. Uh, I, I like, you know, just random TV shows. Um, I, I'm, I've gone away from just too much social commentary in my life because when I do it, when I do it, I lose people. Like, and I don't, <laughs> I, I lose people I should have lost to begin with. <laughs> But, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But at the same time, you know, a lot has changed in like the last year where my ideas don't mesh well with people I've I've been friends with for decades, mm-hmm. and it, it it's kind of it, it's a different it's it's just a change. Just I don't know how to explain it. It's a natural cleaning house. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. When you say when you say your ideas, you mean just when you watch a film. 
like I, your, yeah, your view exactly. on the film like and they and they don't see the same view like they don't see the same view like um you know so certain social commentary that's in film now can be a little ham-fisted um I, i'm a blazing saddles kind of guy so I, a black I want, sheriff yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know stuff like that yeah i i love that comedy i, mm-hmm. I, I love it i absolutely adore it but you know you couldn't play that now because it's just the, the the connotations of it are just so you know people interpret things different ways now yeah and the way i see movies the way i love movies I just like to enjoy the cinema. I like to, to go in, be immersed in that in their world mm-hmm. for a short period period of time. There are a lot of movies that make that, that do this for me. And you know, nowadays, if you if, if I could watch that movie now with other people, they'll have a different take on it than I would. And, and you know, it's, it's all subjective. Um, but I just uh, it's harder now for me to like give my opinion on something and want you know and not be criticized over it in certain ways i don't know how to explain it i just don't know how to explain it because uh, like i said i like to enjoy the experience mm-hmm. i don't want i want a message in it but i don't want you to beat me in the head with that message mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of films that do that now more so and they or they virtue signal in some way and Instead of uh, a good example for me, it, which I don't know if we want to break it in this topic, but uh, you guys watch Star Wars, you're yeah. aware. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're aware of Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> so there was a there was a sequel trilogy that I am I am not a fan of in any way, shape, or form. At first, I was, and the the opinions in their second outing, The Last Jedi, is, yeah. is highly contentious, and I am on the the maddening side of it to where someone that doesn't know the material or doesn't like the people that they that they portray you know go in and just ruin characters and ruin storylines for me and i'm on that side but the problem is i'm on that side with other people that are like using it as like troll bait Mm -hmm. and it's like the you know i'm with them but at the same time like i hate your ideas i don't like (laughs) how you portray this you know i know you don't like it but see in the pcp army we we promote uh, positive culture we want to be positive we want to be the thing but i am the black sheep I (laughs) i am the one that's in the corner that's like you know, I'm I'm not playing your straw man. I don't do straw man arguments. I'm just that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna be like, if, if I don't believe something, I'm gonna say I'm gonna tell it up front. I, I always have been, always will be. I've never been influenced by anything that has been done. I just like to speak my mind, and it, it makes me feel better. I, it, I have I have. It, We'll talk about this movie uh, pretty soon. I'm sure, I'm sure you have. Yeah, yeah, we're going to jump into that in a second. Well, um, we're going to talk to the movie, but yeah, go ahead. I, uh, I actually wanted to know because obviously you've been heavily involved in YouTube and podcasting before pandemic. Um, so I know you guys have put your podcast on pause because you used to do it face to face. Yeah. Um, but you've moved YouTube to streaming. You've been using like StreamYard and stuff like that to be able to have your regular Friday nights. Um, but you've obviously been involved in YouTube and podcasting roughly for like over five years. And I just I know um, Robbie said to you to come on, but 
you're, you've been also heavily involved. I just wanted to know sort of what you've learned from being involved in it. I know, you know, you've um, obviously heavily involved with Robbie and Brooks as well. Just love to know like what you've taken away from it and maybe how it's changed you at all in the last few years. Well, it, it showed me, and this is going to sound cliche, but the, it showed me the power of friendship. Yeah. <laughs> something about it because I found out who my real friends were in 2020. Uh, 2020 mm-hmm. showed me a lot. Mm-hmm. I had a friend that I've known for years and we we met on our friendship was started this um, Labor Day weekend. Like it was like whew, eight years ago, something like that. It, and um, we were good buddies and over the, this this portion of this year, we're no longer friends. And it broke up like really quickly. And there, there was like a study and I don't remember what the study is, so don't quote me or anything. I'm an idiot, don't listen to me. Um, but there was like this study where friendships, especially like male friendships have broken down um, over this, this period of time. Like people that were friends for years have just broken up, and especially male friendships. And when that happened, um, you know, I started to take stock in what I was doing. And uh, Robbie has been a good friend to me for over 20 years, like I said before. And so is Brooks. And uh, in fact, most of the Pulp Coast philosophers I've, I've known for years. And they stuck by me. And the fact that through this pandemic, Robbie was even having the wherewithal. He was like, well, you know, we're, we're stuck in here together. Let's Let's talk and have fun. And our mental health, it wasn't the best at the time. And it it brought us out of it. And what Mm. I learned is that you you need friends. You need people. You need a support system. Mm -hmm. Because I've lost a lot of friends. Like, um, by, by, you know, uh, useless nonsense. Just uh, just senseless, senseless ending of life. Um, Hopelessness. The things that that I really don't, you know, I don't like to talk about because, you know, I, I've had those thoughts as well. But and not to be dark about it, but I've lost a lot of people um, due to like suicides and things like that over this short period of time, and it bothers me. Yeah, it's been it's been rough, but it happens. People people grow in despair, and if we don't keep these lines of communication open. Um, it, it becomes a much harder um, prospect in the future. So I, I love the power of friendship. I love it. Oh, really? I have to. I have to agree with you. I have to agree with you. Definitely, hundred percent. Like, um, I, I mean, the the podcast. Me and Jasmine had to be honest. Talked about starting Geeks and Leaves as a podcast for probably two or three years before we did it. And then at the start of COVID last year, I said, "Let's just do it. Like, we're not going out. Let's just do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. but but obviously now we're." Like, and it actually gives me something to really look forward to. Like we, we kind of will like chat for half an hour before we record, sometimes chat for an hour after we record. But actually, I think it's quite nice. Like, and it, one, it gives you routine. But mm-hmm. two, it's, it doesn't really matter to me that Jasmine's in Texas and I'm just outside London. And like, you know, Jasmine's my friend regardless of the location. And actually as well, we've been able to meet some really great people like mm-hmm. doing doing this podcast and and. And actually, it's sort of I've reflected on friendship and 
and actually I thought I've got some really good friends, but none of them live bloody near me. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, and um, you know, like I, you know, I, I actually think you know me and Jasmine get on really well with you and Robbie, and hopefully one day we'll all trek out to a comic con together and hold hands and oh, run, yeah. run into the sun, into the, <laughs> into the sunset, yeah, into the sunset together, but like you know, under a rainbow or something like um, I'd like but that. but actually like, but there's some friends of mine like. I don't like to fall out with people because I don't think you should burn bridges, but I have noticed some of my in speech. Well, I burn real, them. Like, yes. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 no, I'm, no, I'm not like that. Like, um, I but, um, but I, but there's some, fr- like what I would say, speech marks, real life friends that like I've noticed in the last year and a half don't return messages, don't return phone calls, you know, and my brother-in-law died at the start of January and I could count on one hand how many people called me to see how like how we were like and um like from real life friends again mm-hmm. like, and, and I'm not gonna obviously I'm not gonna get upset with everybody because I did actually have a lot of text messages and stuff but like but actually it was the ones that actually picked up the phone and said how you doing like you know and like, so I agree with you like in this period of time the last 18 months it's definitely allowed me as well to also reflect I just wanted to agree with what you were saying really so no no I understand yeah, like, yeah. it's this rough out here like I, I lost my grandfather um last month on my dad's birthday which was oh, wow. crazy yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just like we, we get a moment of happiness like we plan this thing for my dad and like surprise him for something and we couldn't do it because my grandfather passed away i was like oh my goodness <laughs> this keeps coming yeah so Such bad, bad I mean, timing, yeah and it's 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 it ha- it is how it, it is what it is i guess we all say that now i think though the people the people that um, have the youtube and the podcasts and stuff like that they probably do it because they get into it because they enjoy talking about pop culture but then you realize actually you end up needing it as well as right. enjoying it. So it's an outlet, it's, just like everybody yeah. needs some kind of outlet right. to funnel emotion or anything else through. So whether that's podcasting or reading or hiking or swimming, yeah. you know, like whatever, whatever it happens to be, you have to let it out some kind of way. So people yeah. need an outlet. You have to. And it, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm single, but I, I like being single. The solitude is great, but it's also deafening. Mm. And, and with a pandemic on top of it, yeah. Yeah, with a, yeah, where you definitely can't go out and meet people. Yeah. Which that has been rough, a rough little journey. But it, it, I'm glad that technology exists the way it does now. I mean, it's the best and the worst it's ever been. <laughs> At the same time, how is it possible? Yeah. So, you know, it, it I, I'm glad that we can connect like this. We have to connect like this. It's imperative in in some form or fashion. And, uh, you know, I really want to talk more about, you know, just the things that make me happy. It's well, let's, I was going to say that. I was going to say, well, let's do that in a minute. And, um, yeah. like, but it's been great the last sort of 20, 30 minutes having a chat with you, Jelani, and find out more about you. Obviously, when we do the Friday night reviews, you know we obviously do the review and then we have a bit of pop culture banter at the end so it's been nice to just sort of get a little bit into find out more about you and peeling and your... back some layers yeah, yeah. underneath the, uh, underneath <laughs> underneath the skin like, yeah. So, like, yeah and i know it's horror fest over at uh pcp so under the skin should be a nice little reference for you yes. so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway anyway we'll be back in a moment we're just gonna take a quick break
Hey there, this is Adam from Go Figure, and if you're a child of the 80s or a toy collector, you'll probably dig what we're doing. Each week, we look at a toy line from the past, find some toys from that toy line that could use some help, and we'll walk you through the steps that take them from the garbage bin to the display case once again. We have a lot of fun and rescue a lot of toys. So go over to YouTube, type in Go Figure, and come check us out. And we're back. All right, jumping right in. Here we go with Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. It is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, written by David Callahan, Daniel De- Destin Daniel Cretton, and Andrew Lanham. Produced, of course, by Kevin Feige and Jonathan Schwartz. It stars Simi Liu as Xu Shang-Chi, uh, Aquafina as Katie, uh, Munger Zhang as Xu Shalin, Fala, Fala Chen as Yingli, Florian Motino as Razor Fist, Benedict Wong as Wong, Michelle Yeoh as Yingnan, Ben Kingsley returns as Trevor, and Tony Leung as Xu Wenwu. And this is the 25th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the first standalone movie of Shang-Chi. And it's based off the Marvel comic by Steve Englehart and Jim Starlin. So I'll hand back to you, Jasmine, as you're going to summarize this movie quickly. Yeah. So um, first of all, runtime on this movie is about, it's lengthy. It's uh, over two hours long, about two hours and 15 minutes. Two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah. So two hours, 12 minutes long. Um, Basically, this movie kind of covers an expansive amount of time. We start out thousand years ago with uh, Tony Young's character, uh, Wenwu. He has come upon this majestic piece of, equipment piece of equipment it's 10 pieces of equipment um so he finds these 10 rings realizes that the 10 rings grant immortality so basically he's like well screw it i'm just going to conquer what all, all i can conquer and that's exactly what he does for a thousand years uh finally decides to check out this one mystical place talo and uh he gets to the entrance of talo and he gets his ass beat by a woman that would eventually become his wife um but that is kind of what slows him down as he finally finds an opponent that he can't just run over with his mythical 10 rings. So they get married, they have kids. She leaves her mythical home. They try to have a life. He puts his villainy behind him. Okay. But that never works. Right. So anyway, his wife is murdered. He goes back to his criminal ways, builds this empire, brainwashes his kids, mainly his son into becoming this crazy assassin. Um, since his son on a mission, his son never comes back because he eventually runs away, changes his name, not very creatively, uh, (laughs) becomes just like this random kid growing up in San Francisco. He has been removed from his, uh, family for 10 years and then the shit hits the fan. So some assassins come after him. There's this speed, like bus chase, but we got buses being cut in half by a dude who has a machete for an arm. It's really kind of fantastic. Then, you know, we get the gang back together. The family's all back together. Now we're back on this mythical quest and we're going back to the one place that when we was never able to conquer. Uh, it turns out there's this whole other thing. There's this big, massive evil lurking behind this door that needs to be unlocked. Uh, we get big battles. There's dragons and demons and soul eaters. And it's basically this mythical mashup fun fun, fun film. Of course, I'm, I'm saying that I'm very biased, but basically that's kind of the, the plot in a nutshell. We get a kid who grows up 
with hatred in his heart kind of has to turn that around, turn it into something else. And then um, we sort of get maybe possibly a happily ever after. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We will, we will see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, before we uh, start off, we'll jump into Delaney. Just what's your overall thoughts of Shang-Chi? Like um, to summarize how, how you enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. Um, well, it, it's, I'm sorry. It's a mixed bag for me. Like it's, it's, um, uh, I did enjoy it. It is a, a fun romp and a good origin story for this character to in the MCU. In the context of the MCU, it is a great setup uh, for a character. Uh, Simu Liu is, uh, he, he's kind of bland for me, but at the same time, he's very, um, he still has that, he has that charisma, that potential to be you know, a, a great actor going forward in the MCU. Um, I don't believe th- this is not Shang-Chi's um, origin story the way it is, which, by the way, if we did do it that way, it was it'd be incredibly insensitive. Incredibly <laughs> insensitive, because he's the son of Fu Manchu, yeah. and Fu Manchu is like a huge racial stereotype. So glad they got rid of that. Yeah, that's done. But they, they kind of like put that on the Mandarin too, because if you go into the books, it's it, it's Fu Manchu, he's lived a long life. He's he's gained these powers of, of eternal youth. Uh, it's a lot of things that are that, that are portrayed in that. And it, it's still there. That's the problem. I mean, it's still there. But there are also elements with Tony Leon as Mandarin that I love. Like I, I love these rings. These these rings are freaking awesome. I mean, they don't do that. They don't do the the the, the actual mystical rings that the Mandarin possesses. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. That's <clears throat> fine. I'm I'm totally okay with what, how it's set up. I like how it goes into those portions. So I think it's a great movie in certain aspects. But then I, I get to that third act, and even though it's cool, it's just not the character of Shang Chi. Shang Chi is a master of kung fu, meaning mm-hmm. he. I mean, of little I know of him because I never read these books, so I'm not an expert. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything. <laughs> so, but it's it's that he was a martial artist, and he was uh, he trained Spider Man, you know, and, and, and gave Spider Man like a martial art style that's that's competitive or that, that that suits his his uh, power set. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's, he's, he's an awesome character, but he's very light in, in the history of the Marvel Universe. So to make him like mystical at this point, I mean, it's a good, it's like I said, it's a mixed bag. It's, it's really good in certain ways where he, he has a cool power that he can use as an Avenger, hopefully to fight, you know, Galactus or something stupid in the future. I want, shut up and take my money, <laughs> do it now. You know, he's, he's got rings now. So it, it, it works for me in certain levels, but then that's not the character. You call him something else other than Chang-Chi if you're going to do this in certain certain aspects of it, I think. Um, so I've, uh, he's a good character, and at the same time, it's a it's not what the original intention of that character was. And I don't know how to put that together. But it, like I said, I, I liked it. I really enjoyed the film. Um, I, I can't wait to see more. We need to have some type of representation, you know, in, in our um, 
in our lexicon of superheroes. Because if you re- remember, and, and, and not to sound weird or anything about it, but it, all the Avengers were white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's it's um it's good to see a, a mixed bag going forward. You know, once you get in game out of the way, phase four, phase or what is this? This is phase four, isn't it? Yeah. So our MCU, our MCU lexicon will grow mm-hmm. um, because the big three are pretty much out of commission in some form or fashion. Uh, you know, Thor's out there, but uh, we're having Thor: Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. So we, we may get. You but know, even he's being replaced with uh, Natalie Portman. So Natalie Portman. So or Jane, rather. Yeah. Jane. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be replaced by Jane. Like, I mean, they're going to. Well, I don't. No, no, I don't. Not necessarily like taking over, but even even then, we're still getting a little less of of Thor because, well, of Hemsworth as Thor because right. Jane is going to be stepping right. into the right. mantle. Yeah. Right. So you'll get you'll get uh, Sam Sam Wilson Captain mm-hmm. America. You have which, to be quite honest, like. I'm I'm it, it always went that way in the comics, but like to actually do that in real life, we got a black Captain America. Yeah, fuck yeah. like that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yep, once again, show take my money. Yeah. I, I want that. <laughs> I, I want it. I want to see all of them on screen. I want them to do the Avengers pose mm-hmm. when they're spinning around the camera and it's like all the new people. Yeah. I want that so bad. The you new guard. No yeah. Yeah. So I think um, Shang-Chi was in um Jonathan Hickman's um Avengers run. So yeah. I can't I can't really remember it too much. I did I did read it, yeah. but um, mm-hmm. it would be pretty. You know, I hadn't really thought about that. If Jane um, was to be four on the Avengers team, I that mm-hmm. that might be pretty cool to have. Like like you just said, cameras spinning around, showing um, oh. Sam Wilson as Captain America, having Jane Foster as Thor. Uh, we'll probably have Ironheart there, you know, um, or, or potentially War Machine, or maybe both. I don't know. But then having Shang Chi there. I think it'll be a while before we see another Avengers film, and when we do, wow. uh, and it will include like probably Captain Marvel. Although I don't think you can have Captain Marvel be in it too much because that is like your big gun. Like you know, you'd have to have a really big villain to have Captain Marvel just be in the day to day stuff. Galactus. So maybe Galact, yeah, maybe Galactus. So or well, Kang, Kang, Kang is coming. So you know, uh, anyway, Jasmine, what, what's your um? What's your take on this movie? What's your summary of, of uh, your overall thoughts on this movie? Uh, my my very first thought when I walked out was, thank God they did this better than Milan. Um, yeah. Now, I know Milan is not Marvel, but it's still Disney, still same parent company. Um, but yeah, this, this movie to me, at the beginning, I think it took a little, a little time to like ramp up into it because the scene where Wenwu is fighting with Young Lee, um, it, it felt very like knockoff version of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, but after like every, all the other scenes after that were much more fluid, much better, um, had a, had a modern style, uh, which I think fit the theme of the film a lot better. So once we got into the meat of the film, the fight choreography was fantastic. And once we met uh, Shang-Chi's sister, uh, she, 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 Ling, um, that whole sequence with the scaffolding on the outside of the building, that was so cool. Like I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed the infusion of humor. I, I, I mean, to me, like if you're going to put Aquafina in a movie, use her in the best way that you can. And I think they did that to great effect. Like 
she she felt like more than just the comic relief especially when we got toward the end um there was one scene with the woman and i don't even know that they gave her a name they gave the main archer guy a name he was uh guangbo but the woman who was kind of like pushing aquafina into guangbo's ranks she said if you aim at nothing you hit nothing and I thought that that one line kind of summed up the entirety of the film because, you know, you had Shang-Chi who was running from his past, didn't really know what he wanted to do. He was a, I mean, a trained assassin that is now a valet at an expensive hotel. Like, come on, like talk about a fall from grace. Um, so that, that kind of theme of like, pick something. And it was, it was some, it's like Aquafina kept making reference to it throughout the film where she was like, you know, it's so great that you guys like have found your passion and like, you just go for it with everything that you have in you. Um, and I think that that is a, an extremely relatable theme. So you don't have to be Asian American or anything like that to, to relate to this film, because that's just such a universal concept. It's like, you know, don't just be floating on the wind. Like, find something, find something within yourself that is the thing that you want to pursue and then do it. So I really appreciated the message. And I liked that Aquafina was the vessel to kind of push that message forward throughout the film versus her just being this completely jokey side character that literally only says things to make the audience laugh. Um, so I appreciated that they didn't just kind of write her off that way. Um, I actually kind of love the way that they portrayed women in this film uh, Michelle Yeoh is a freaking global treasure. I Please. love her to death. Yes. Like if I ever had the chance to meet Michelle Yeoh, I'd probably pass out and die. Um, <laughs> but like her coming in as sort of like this wise old sage auntie, like just to be like, you know, we, we loved your mom. We loved you guys. Like you're always welcome here. And whatever your dad is telling you is bullshit. Cause uh, this is, this is really what is going on in our village. Um, just I, I love that she just kind of came in toward the back half of the film and was just this overarching voice of reason. Uh, but she also like pushed when she needed to, when she was kind of training with Shang-Chi to show him like, look, man, you, you have both, both of them are in you. Both your parents are within you and you, but you have to let it sort of like flow. You can't just, you can't keep fighting from the place where you're fighting from. Uh, so that entire sequence where they're like they're shadowing each other while she's kind of showing him the moves and he's mimicking her that I thought that was a beautiful sequence like the the way that they did that the way that they moved together that was really really cool the choreography there was great um, overall again I, I really enjoyed the film I liked the message I liked the women in the film I liked that we had a lot of strong women characters that were like and the, there was one line where the sister is like, well, no, when, when Aquafina and the sister are like in her room at the compound and she's like, so you, you ran away from home at 16 and then built like this underground boxing empire. And the sister was like, well, if my dad's not going to let me into his empire, I'm going to build my own. And I was like, hell yeah. Like, yes. I'm not just going to wait around for somebody to give me something. So I loved it. Yeah, no, I I, I really loved it. I, I, <laughs> did you? Yeah, did you love it? I I really loved it too. Probably my uh, overall criticism of it was, and I normally never say this, uh, was it was probably just slightly too long. Um, I would wouldn't say wouldn't so say um, twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, I would say probably if it had been an hour and 
50 minutes, 55 minutes, maybe an hour and 50 minutes. I think there was probably parts of it that could have been shaved down. But anyway, in terms of a first introduction to Shang-Chi, I thought it was a good solid movie. I actually really did enjoy, actually, because I've never read a single, well, no, 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 we have. We've read yeah, one we did single, cover it. One, we did. We when did they just read. relaunched uh, Shang-Chi a couple of months ago. Yeah, we did read the first issue of the new miniseries, which Shang-Chi versus the world or something or other. And it is him and Spider-Man partnered up in that first issue. And I actually did quite enjoy reading that particular comic. Anyway, so as a character in this movie, I thought it was great. I actually didn't mind too much the sort of um, bellhop role thing that he had at the hotel and um, parking the cars. I kind of thought that was quite fun. But I liked the origin at the beginning. Uh, it was... it. it it kind of had that whole. I, I know it's. I know, I know like what I'm about to say, but it kind of made me think of like Lord of the Rings style, like origin. You know, showing the journey of of the. Well, I mean, these are ten rings rather than one, but then Lord of the Rings did reference, you know, five rings to the elves and blah blah whatever. But when they were doing that whole thing at the beginning, like very much telling you what's you know to build it up to this big villain. Um, I actually didn't find his dad that scary as a villain, in all honesty. Um, I didn't think he... I guess that's why he wasn't eventually endgame villain for this movie. He didn't... Uh, although he was a bit of a dick to them and we got to flash back. And actually throughout this movie, that was something they used quite a lot, was jumping around, flashing back, and which probably was better because otherwise we probably would have ended up with probably 40 minutes of... of old stuff before we got to current stuff it was kind of the style of the movie jumping around reminded me a lot of batman begins uh because obviously with christian bale's batman we got to see batman in different orders uh you know from bruce wayne suddenly you know leaves the city and then next he's in a prison and then it jumps back and forth back and forth and, and you know before we eventually i think with the batman movie it takes like 45 minutes before we even see him in costume and you know, and, and then at some point the flashbacks stop. So, but this movie does use flashbacks, but I didn't find they hindered the movie. But I right. did feel I did feel that we could have done with maybe slightly less of them. So, or something. There's something that could have been taken out of this movie just to shorten it down. Um, in terms of all so, in the third act, when they get to the the Mystic Island, I don't know. Yeah. That, I, I something about that third act doesn't sit well with me. I know, that third act. I've... I don't know what it is, but it's, it's very strange and off-putting for certain things. Uh, where It didn't feel like it was leading up to what it what it led up to. No, I didn't. I agree. I didn't realise it was going to go there. Yeah. Um, and that third act, I probably would say was probably my worst part about the movie. I, I enjoyed a lot more up to the third act. Now, I mean... The third act itself and the fighting of the dragons I'll come to later, but I definitely think that was probably my hardest part of the movie to watch. Um, I didn't think we'd get such a big villain, that, that dragon creature, in a movie like this. Um, I thought the dad might be the final act villain. He should um, have been the final. That's the thing. The Mandarin, or I guess we can't call him a chicken dish anymore. But, <laughs> uh, uh, when Wu is uh, he's a, a fantastic character we sh and it goes back to Iron Man 3 I don't mean to cut you off I'm sorry no that's all right well we'll, we'll talk about Iron Man 3 but and that whole thing in a minute yeah. um but before, before, we jump, <laughs> before we jump into that actually like um I mean Jelaine do you have a favorite character in this movie 
It's it's Trevor Slattery. Don't you say that. (laughs) It's Trevor. You you love Trevor. I I love Trevor. Do you understand me? Okay. Because it goes to Iron Man 3. I'm sorry. Um, I, I love that Mandarin. Like the first, the first time you get Mandarin, when he's doing that, that doing the you know, oh, you all suffer. And oh yeah, yeah. The whole the whole shtick at the beginning where he, they think he's an actual terrorist, and then you come to find out he's like the jokey joke. And I know we're talking about that. I know we are, but it's it's his character and the fact that they bring him back for this movie. And this is the funnier part. I, when I first watched the movie, I watched the movie Thursday night uh, when it came out, and I was like, I've really got to pee. So <laughs> I really had to get up. So, like, in between the scene where they were captured, when they were brought, brought to the compound mm-hmm. and captured, I saw that part, and I was like, all right, this is a good time. This is a good lull. I'm going to go pee. So I go pee, and I come back. Trevor's on the screen. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what did I miss? So so bad, like I missed like that section of, of where he was in the movie. But then I watched it again like last night uh, with, with Robbie and Brooks. And uh when we saw it, I was like, oh, oh, this makes more sense now. Because like <laughs> it explains everything about why he was there and everything. He's just such first of all, it's out of left field. I never expected him in this movie. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't he's not in any of the trailers. He's not in any of the trailers. Yeah. Thank goodness. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for not putting that in the trailer. It was just, just worth it for me. I don't know what it was. I love, now don't get me wrong. I love all the characters. I mean, Tony Long, uh, Leong is, is, is probably, I, I think he's an underused villain because they don't have villains in the Marvel Universe. And to build movies, and they do build movies for the Chinese market, which the Chinese market didn't accept because of the Fu Manchu references. And but I, I love Tony Leon's character uh, as Wen Wu and how he he commanded himself in certain in certain aspects of the film. This is the this is the the chicken dish we should have got in, in that other movie we're going to talk about later. But he he should have been he should have been an antagonist. We'll talk about it. But I loved him in that. And this, if he's a good runner up, he's a good runner up for me. Uh, I like how they started the movie with him. They should have ended the movie with it with a sentiment of him at the end in some form. But I, I think we should have had this this guy be Tony Stark's antagonist throughout uh, in this uh, from the beginning. He should have been there yeah. from the beginning. If you're gonna put a character this this significant, and I don't mind him, uh, I, I don't mind him being the father of Shang Chi. That that's actually perfect. That's brilliant. So it, it works out in some f- form or fashion. Um, uh, but I, I really like, I, I, I love the original Mandarin. Sorry, we <laughs> <laughs> adore him. He's he's. Uh, Ben Kingsley is is great. He's I mean, he's great. Yeah. He's ben, King, ben Kingsley though, like, he, was hilarious throughout this. I love that bit at the very end where he's laying on the floor and you think he's dead. Yeah. And I was like, totally right. Should he killed him off? And then suddenly, and then he lifts his head going, Shh, "I'm playing a part." And then the chicken pig thing rolls over and like joins <laughs> in with him. Like, uh, and like, honestly, they. I hope they release. I hope they release some sort of plushies or cuddly toy things of like those chicken pigs. I might have to buy it. <laughs> Like, I, I don't want to pop, but like I'm an actual, an actual, 
I got him, Boris. You go on. You've actually got one. But yeah, I didn't know there was. I did not know that. I did not know there was toys in a chicken pig already. Right, so you could sell it. You could sell it. I'd probably do that. Morris was awesome. I mean, yeah, it is. His his camaraderie with Morris was awesome. Yeah, I do think that relationship between Trevor and the chicken pig was hilarious. Sorry, it is a chicken pig. Anyway, what Jasmine? What's your favorite character in this movie? Wenmu, hands down. He is fantastic. Um, I also, I mean, you know me, I say it all the time. I love the villain. Usually the villains are always my favorite. And his swagger mm. was yeah. off the chain. I like every time he walked into a room and there was, there was a flashback scene where he find like after his wife is murdered and he puts the rings back on and he is wearing a suit, but he's got his suit sleeves rolled up so you can see those rings on his arms. And then he's just casually walking into this underground casino holding his like seven-year-old son's hand and basically just kind of acknowledges like, is this the guy? And his son like nods his head and he just lets his hand go. And then he freaking raises the place with the rings and then just walks right back over to Shang-Chi and he's like, all right, man, we got work to do. You going to help me or not? And I was just Mm. like, Damn, anybody else feeling hot? Cause whoo, that was that was some <laughs> running into a room and just like killing everybody and then walking out all casual. Like I was like, damn, this is that's what I'm talking about. Um, so he's my favorite character. I have loved Tony Leung for a long time though. His best film, in my opinion, 2007, Lust Caution, directed by Ang Lee. It is a phenomenal piece of cinema. It is hard to find because it is NC-17, um, but that is an amazing film with with him and the lead character in that film so but tony Leung, he was my favorite i loved him i i empathized with him which is rare for me but to me he just seemed like he had sort of like good intentions which don't really matter the road to hell is paved with good intentions but just the fact that he loved his wife so much that that is that is exactly what kind of corrupted him um i thought that that was sort of an interesting sort of play on it um he didn't he didn't come across as a victim uh but he also didn't come across as like this mad tyrant either um he had a personality he was charming he was likable yes he did some awful things um but he did those awful things so straight-faced and just so like determined that it's it's really hard not to want to kind of follow along with with his line so like i can definitely see how he came to be like the commander of the ten rings because it's like you you command the room when you when you walk in and you have this quiet anger about you it's not like you're raving all the time or you're throwing things or like he doesn't really get out of line he's basically just very direct very very level and i think that is that's a fine line to walk when you're a villain because it's so easy to be the over the top extreme, like angry, yelly, like you people follow you because they're terrified not to versus the way that he carried himself as the villain. It was kind of like if he walked up to you in a bar and was like, you know, you guys are having a conversation. I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah. You're, you're talking and you're making sense and I'm going to follow you. Hell yeah. So he's just got like this kind of quiet aura about him that made him, scary without being again over the top and like that guy yeah let me do what he says because he's psycho it's kind of like no i'm gonna do what he says because i actually kind of believe what he's saying um 
So he was he was my my favorite by far. Awesome. Yeah, no, awesome. Yeah, I for my my favorite character from this movie, I've got to be honest, was uh, Katie. Um, <laughs> I, I I thought Aquafina like I I don't think I've seen that much of her in. I know we watched Raya the Last Dragon earlier in the year, which and you can definitely hear her voice in Raya the Last Dragon. Yeah. You know it's her. Um, I thought she was brilliant in this, and I know initially, like you you, you touched on this earlier, Jasmine, that she was very much comedy relief early on mm-hmm. but then she changed from comedy relief to actually trying to take more of a pivotal role and in fact she she saves a day at the end where she puts the arrow through uh, the dragon's throat and um saves a day basically mm-hmm. so i actually love seeing her journey as obviously she's like the, the sidekick um but i'm hoping that we'll see a bigger journey for her because i love the fact that We'll talk about the end of the movie, but I love uh, later. But I love the fact that at the end they also include Katie when yeah. they're talking about about the journey that these two are going to go on together. Right. So I, I think this movie isn't just about Shang-Chi; it is about Katie as well and seeing her growth. So I think I think it was brilliant to see her at the beginning as well when she gets the keys to the car and she's like, "Okay, don't worry, Sean, I'll just do it slow." And then flipping hell, she's speeding that. Uh, what was it Ferrari or whatever? It was like, Paris oh, Bueller's oh, Day Off. Like, yeah, honestly, it was like, and she obviously she's like doing donuts in that thing. You know, she honestly, like, I was like, she's flipping brilliant. Like, and um, and then also the scene in the bus where she takes on like the Sandra Bullock role, like doing the the sort of, um, it was very honestly that did make me think of speed that whole yeah. thing. Like, and uh, <laughs> but she, but she again, she was although she was comedy relief, she was happy to jump into the action and. I actually do love that. And it's something that's not often expected of the secondary role to sort of go from being sort of damsel in distress to actually trying to help save the day. And in fact, what she does save the day at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and she, she's very much an active and strong part of this role, uh, sorry, part of this movie. So I, I love her role. She must have had a lot of fun playing Katie. And I love as well that we get to, although it's a small scene, get to meet her family right at the very beginning. Yeah. Um, so I think that was quite sweet. Uh, although we don't get to have, she doesn't get shown much in terms of her character's past, we do get a little bit, which is nice. I know the movie, again, is mainly about Shang-Chi, but we do get to see a little bit of her story as well. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to see where she goes beyond this movie. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I really enjoyed her. It's actually made me think I should probably watch more things of her in, because um, I, I did think she was really good in this movie. So, right, let's talk about Iron Man 3. I know we've been, we've been holding it <laughs> Yay! The Iron Man 3 connection. And I had at no point considered whether I should watch Iron Man 3 of, well, or any Marvel movie before I jumped into this movie. I, I knew Wong had a slight appearance in this movie. Um, so, I mean, let's talk about those, that, that thing before. So Wong has two scenes, well, actually three scenes in this movie. He fights Abomination and it's kind of really a bit of a throwaway scene. It's done just more to please the, the long-term Marvel fans. Then we see him again at the end, which we'll talk about at the end later, but he's kind of then brought Shang-Chi in. But other than that, except for the Iron Man 3 stuff, it's a good standalone film. Yeah. However, when we meet Shang-Chi's father, and then he talks about what well, he's going around the room, he's talking to all his kids, he's talking to Katie, and, and then suddenly he brings up that he used to be known as the Mandarin. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're just going to drop it on us like this, and you were once known as a Mandarin. And I was like, okay, so you're like the big villain we should have had in Iron Man three. Yes. Um, so I was like, okay, so I thought this is cool that Marvel are undoing that thing that everybody hated. 
So everybody I remember was just so enraged that, that actually the Mandarin wasn't in Iron Man 3. So Iron Man 3, uh, um, sorry, Iron Man in the comics, the Mandarin is one of Iron Man's biggest villains. Like, and even I've, I've read some stories over the years of Iron Man the Mandarin and, and you know, it's, and he has his, his actual rings on his on the fingers and stuff like that, doesn't he? Like, um, so... Each one does I, a different thing. Hey? Each, each ring does a different thing. And I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't know specifically what they do. I'm not. I'm not the most knowledgeable, like you said, Delaney, on on the Mandarin. And I know nothing. But I know. So when they said, "Right, I, I I was once known as a Mandarin," I was like, "Okay, that's cool." Didn't expect that. And then later on, we meet Ben Kingsley, and I thought, so obviously you hear hear them in their little dungeon prison. Shangxi, the sister, and Katie are in this little prison, and you hear someone doing some some stuff and then they go around the corner someone at a desk and stuff like that i was like okay they've got another prisoner and he turns around this ben kingsley and then he he basically yeah. summarizes the entire plot of iron man 3 <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 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 like you know i i was uh, a terrorist got me to be a terrorist blah blah, blah. i got arrested etc and they're like oh so you ended up here yeah yeah your father broke broke me out then i saved the day by showing them that i'm an actor and basically he said jester now like you know they get him out performances so i mean that's kind of like the connection between that movie just but i just wanted to sort of know what you guys thought about it and whether you found it jarring or whether you enjoyed it i mean jelani you you've been desperate to talk about I this so go on go on when, did you find it um jarring or did you enjoy it oh i enjoyed it because uh, i enjoy iron man 3 I, I even like it and i'm notorious for not liking kids in film but i like the kid in iron man 3 i have no clue why but uh, it's just uh, because he was a smarmy bastard <laughs> yes yes and he was worth it he yeah worth it. so i mean it's just uh, you get certain actors to do certain things and i i honestly i had hoped that he would be would have been with tony in some aspect of endgame no nope, just at the funeral but it's fine it's okay but uh, that movie i mean shane black uh, you know he was in predator he 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 wrote the predator which is uh but it's uh he wrote a great a compelling story to iron man 3 because it's post-traumatic stress for iron man mm-hmm. during this period of time and bringing in the mandarin would have been perfect to do this and i understand why people are mad at it but i i, I kind of like that bait and switch in certain parts i'm not happy that it was got pierce <laughs> that's the, that's the problem of that. And I'm like, you are the Mandarin. I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And they use Extremis, and Extremis is one of my favorite um, comic book runs. Oh, I remember reading. Really, I remember reading really Extremis was awesome, and it, I I just they kind of cheapened Extremis in it, but it's okay. It's fine. I'm glad you put Extremis in it. Whatever. But the the concept that we could have had Tony Leon there as probably a rival competitor maybe even funding aid maybe guy pierce is there but you make him and and then you find out that it's this guy and he has these rings and he whoops iron man and it would have been like a a post-traumatic thing you know it would have been hopeful how he gets away and then he's like a background villain to iron man i knew they didn't make any more iron uh, iron man's after three because of the backlash I'm pretty sure. But his character, 
or, or Torleon's character in the man as the Mandarin and how he could have influenced or actually we, we would have had a great villain in, uh, in the MCU already because there are only two great villains. I'm sorry. There are only two great villains arguably in the MCU right now. That's Thanos and Eric Killmonger. That's it. That's everybody. <laughs> everybody else is a pale comparison to the other people. Except for the end of Black Panther where they're fighting in the samey suits. But Eric Killmonger had goals and, and motivations and you felt what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Thanos, Thanos had a familial co- connection to Gamora th- that you understood in real time, but you also understood why he was doing what he was doing. Thanos made a lot of sense. Crazy as his ass was, he made a lot of sense. Yeah, he sure did. I mean, not on the execution, though, because <laughs> you kill off half the population and then they start making babies again. I mean, you got that same problem in, in a couple generations. I, I mean, yeah, you'd have so, the same problem again, but it could take problem. could take could take a couple yeah. hundred years to get there. But so, you'd need Thanos again to rock up and wipe half the people <laughs> yeah, out. So, exactly. so I mean, so, the only way the only way yeah. you would slowly have Thanos not be a problem is maybe just. Have some sort of uh, one child per family. We'll just, uh, but then, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, like we become, <laughs> become become China, become China. Sure. Yeah. They I, stopped. By the way, I, I know they. Yeah. I, I know they stopped that. I know they stopped that. Um, <laughs> uh, Jasmine, what did you think about the Iron Man three connection? I mean, I really didn't think much of it. Uh, Iron Man three was not one of my favorites, and I, I think know. Iron Man three never really <laughs> jived with me because of what they did with the Mandalorian. I mean, Mandalorian. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> No, I agree with you. So Iron Man 3, I was really like excited that the Mandarin was coming into Iron Man 3. Like when they showed all the promos of Ben Kingsley being the Mandarin and and like you know, and he actually looked he like the comic it. book, like the comic book. And then <laughs> when I remember watching that movie, when they had the whole bait and switch that he was actually an actor to play a role, I honestly couldn't have hated that film more and i think yeah. i've actually i think i've only watched that film once like yeah literally i've just seen it that one time and like I've, never, I've only watched it that one time and i've never watched it again and when they just turned the mandarin one of the one of probably marvel comics biggest villains into a joke yeah. i was just like what why like what 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 were you thinking how did you go from inception to creation like and how, who green lit this who green lit this idea sorry Shane, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Shane yeah. Black, he, he, it's Shane Black. Shane Black, yeah, he, no. he makes, he makes these decisions midway through and he thought it would be funny to do that. No, but it, that's it's the not, wrong so, motivation. Like you're not well, trying to get a laugh out of people. They weren't trying to, the thing is, the bandering is a controversial term anyway. Yes. Well, once again, it's chicken dish, but, it, but they were trying, uh, and it would have been a great concept to make Ben Kingsley that like that character and I would be like oh my god just keep doing this keep Mm -hmm. doing this Ben Kingsley you know what I'm saying but yeah the the fact it turns on me doesn't hurt it for me because of how it's a Tony Stark growth period and you get growth in all of these movies like I, I think Captain America is the best of the of the line of movies that they love Thor and, and Iron Man, I think Captain America is the most fleshed out. It, it, it makes more sense. Uh, it's, it's more cohesive. Iron Man is kind of shaky because I don't I don't acknowledge two. 
too is yeah. trash to well, me. Iron oh, Man okay. started off really strong, right? Really I mean, it's, strong. it's the first film of this new right. Marvel universe, and it gamble. set the pace, and it was phenomenal. It was a fantastic film because Marvel managed to take this third-rate character, and you know, again, Tony was an Avenger, but Iron Man, in the grand scheme of comic book characters nobody gave a shit about iron man before 2008 nobody okay except for like the real marvel heads i did i did for a while and then i hated him during civil war i actually hated the movies brought him back for me yeah so like you you take this character that's third tier you bring him up into this new spotlight and you've created a universe around him and then your two follow-up films for that individual character were trash yet whereas like you said with captain america it starts out slow. It's a slow burn because you go, we're going back to World War II. We're going back to the Nazis and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, do we really need another war film? But Winter Soldier, and I will fight people. Winter Soldier is probably the best film of all of the MCU films. I'm going to stick with that. As much as I love Black Panther, I think Black Panther is a very close second. But Winter Soldier is is the best of all of the MCU films. Civil War is okay. Um but the progression is still very much there. Whereas with Thor, one was bad and two was bad, 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 worse, bad, bad. And then three was like, holy shit, this is really refreshing. But it's like three doesn't even feel like it's part of the same concept as the first two. Uh, So the, the individual films are kind of all over the place, but like, just bringing it back to Iron Man 3 like that was what bugged me the most was that a it's already a controversial character b you've got yeah you've got and you brought Ben Kingsley in and I love Ben Kingsley and I think he's he's a phenomenal actor but like uh mm, the, the the stereotypes that they play into for Iron Man 3 really rubbed me the wrong way um so I I understand the point of Trevor and why he is as funny and as fun as he is for as part of the MCU. But like I the Iron Man 3 didn't jive with me at all. So like that connection and all of that stuff, it didn't mean anything to this film to me. So they brought him in as to me, he's just comic relief in this one and nothing else. I think where so for me, the talk talk about Ben Kingsley, I think they brought him in to kind of like Double down on what happened with Iron Man three, and and kind of to justify the decision that they made, and kind of may, maybe. Oh well, yeah, of like, course. Yeah, it is. Uh, but with with the Mandarin, what annoyed me was they had a chance here to make the Mandarin the villain that he should have been, and they kill him off at the end of the film, and they have the whole moment like he he should have been the big villain, and in some ways, I would have quite liked it if he'd have survived this movie. And could have become, I mean, he wasn't, you know, not fanless or anything like that, but could have been a bit more of a thorn in people's sides, you know, may, may, maybe a Loki esque, not not Loki as in funny, but Loki obviously was a villain they used several movies over mm-hmm. um, to the point where they, I mean, don't worry, I love Loki, but like, you know, it, it, obviously they've had to kind of turn him into slightly hero esque now. Yeah. But, That's but why they the, put him in the villains list. Yeah, yeah. No, he thought he was a, he was a strong villain in the beginning, but now he's yeah. moved more into hero territory. But, but I'm glad the... that they didn't hold it. Like if if that's if that's what they their intention was to like let's take this Mandarin and and make him better. Yet 
if you're just going to take that character and just shit on it in the next film that you put him in, I'm, I'd rather you kill him off. And I'm, so I'm glad that we got the strong character that we got in this film. And that's sort yeah. of the end of it before they had a chance to keep retroactively going back and being like, Oh, remember this event that happened in this film? Like, Oh, that was the Mandarin too. And it's like, no, like, no, you, you messed up that whole Mandarin storyline at this point, you let it go. We got a character. He was a badass. He was fantastic. The real one. So thank you so much for giving us him. But if if all you want to do is use him to kind of rewrite things that have happened before, don't mm. do that. So I'm, think, I'm think, glad that they killed him off. I think I think what they should have done was Iron Man three should have had the real Mandarin, even the same actor. Yeah. And then and then maybe I mean I doubt they would have just sat on a big villain like him until now. But if they had, that would have been fine too. Um, but I think the reason they didn't use the real Mandarin in Iron Man 3, at that point, they hadn't really gone into magic and fantasy. They'd used more sci-fi and space and, and technology and things like that. They haven't hadn't really pushed the fantasy bar- barrier. So I, mean, I also what- honestly, just baseline, I don't think Marvel had Shang-Chi planned out that far in advance. No, 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 I, I think Marvel waited... I mean, it's always there. Like the character is always yeah. in the back of their. I think they waited to see what Black Panther did, and when Black Panther did really well, they were like, "Ha! Now, now is our chance yeah. to do this." Like, I just don't think that they would have been banking on it and planning. I mean, I, I know that they plan really far ahead, but I don't think that Shang Chi in this form was planned back then. To be honest, I, I don't think it was. I, I don't think most of this was planned to begin with. Like this phase. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, even because of the pandemic, of course, but I, I think this phase was a little uneven. It, it's been uneven anyway. We haven't had our blockbuster because we haven't been go, able to go to a theater. But at the same time, I don't think they had a good vision for what they wanted this phase to be yet. Yeah. Because there's there are TV shows that have certain threats that maybe or possibly could be inserted and are, are real connective tissue to what may happen, maybe the, the Spider-Man No Way Home mm-hmm. and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, because they put so much emphasis, emphasis on the multiverse, mm-hmm. especially Loki and all of these other groups. But it's coming, but the problem is it doesn't feel like it's straightforward. It's kind of passive in what they're doing after Endgame, because Endgame was just, oh, it was just mwah. It was beautiful. If you're gonna end, if you're gonna end the cinematic universe, this is how you end it. But the problem is they didn't have like that 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 foundation to continue after right in game for me. So I think the entirety of phase four is going to wind up being multiverse. And it's not gonna be until phase five where we start to reconcile some of the multiverse craziness that is happening from phase four. We need X-Men. We need Fantastic Four. And I've been saying that for so long. And I know they're probably working on it, but I I hope they have a real plan for them. I think think, we'll move on from Iron Man in a second, but I think that this film should have been the first film of Phase Four. Versus Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, Black Widow should have been released in the order it actually was. I don't think. And that would have made and and that would have made Black Widow's death so much more uh, impactful because even when I because I knew that there was a prequel film coming out anyway I didn't know it's a prequel film but I knew there's a Black Widow film coming out and when she died I was like oh well there's a film coming out soon so I didn't care um, so I think to have had that prequel film would have actually fleshed out her character more so when they killed her off in Endgame 
it would have been like, oh my god, like they actually killed off like a big Avenger, like so. And then obviously Iron Man dies in the same film, so that I think would have been them really not pulling the punches. So anyway, let's stop talking about Iron Man three and let's talk about the structure of the movie and the script, what we thought on the structure, favorite scenes, and anything potentially may have changed or not. I know we've actually kind of touched on a lot of those things already, but um, anyway, actually I'll let Jasmine go first. What do you think? Uh, I actually liked the writing because it didn't feel too cliched to me and it didn't feel like they took cheap shots at making like quote-unquote Asian jokes Um, so I was actually surprised at how how level the 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 scripting was I felt like um, I, I I guess me I'm I love the fantasy element in the third act. I know you guys had issues with it. Um, So I think that to me, by the time we got up into the third act, I really almost felt like it wasn't even a Marvel film anymore. Like now I feel like I am watching some kind of grand, you know, Chinese cinematic epic. Um, So it completely removed me from the MCU. And by the time we got to the third act with the demons and the dragon and, and all of the mythical elements all finally kind of coming together. Um, It was, and it's different for Marvel, right? Like, you know, we, the closest that we've had to anything like that was the third Thor film where, you know, we're on basically like planet Hulk where it's like, you're, everybody's fighting and you've got all of these random creatures where it's or like when you're in with guardians of the galaxy and the collector has all of these random creatures so this this film felt more in vain with with kind of with the space aspect of marvel as opposed to like the ground level stuff that we're used to um so i like that they're kind of opening up and expanding the fantasy element um and i really just kind of liked I don't know. It just, it didn't, to me, like it didn't feel too extreme this film. Like the, the, it didn't have that gigantic aha moment. I, I felt like the entire time that, you know, it, with all the flashbacks and everything that, that Shang-Chi had the dragon's heart in him the whole time. I felt that that was like known. So when the dragon finally pops up in the third act, I was like, Oh, well, of course, like, yeah, like he, he's always had it. Um, so it just it to me it all flowed really well. Uh, I loved the character development. I, I really kind of loved the um, surprise about their father not being a tyrant um, because like that's kind of how they set him up at the beginning of the film. Like he's been conquering you know for a thousand years, but like when it comes to modern times, he's again to me he was very like even killed. Um, so that was that was a nice surprise that they didn't go over the top with his desire and with his you know lust for saving his wife. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. I I I liked the way that it flowed. I thought that the it was written well. Um, I I, I love the little details like at the very beginning when um, Shang Chi is going to meet uh, Katie uh, for breakfast before they go to work, and they just. They take the time to show you taking him taking his shoes off before he steps inside. I love that. I love that tiny detail. Um, I love that they talk about, you know, the traditions and about what they leave on the graves and, and how, you know, they speak so formally to the grandmother. And I loved the detailing that they put into the characters. So it didn't feel like it's surface level. And um, I, I think having sort of 
director with a multicultural background helps as well because uh Dustin he's got a you know he was born in Hawaii he's got a Japanese mom and his dad is like of Irish and Eastern European descent um so I just think it helps when when you let people that have some sort of connection to the material do their own thing and you know that's exactly kind of what helps Black Panther as well like a young guy like Brian Coogler coming in and, and directing this young black cast. And, and, you know, you've got something similar in the vein with, with Shang-Chi. So I just appreciated the effort that they put in behind the scenes because otherwise it comes across again, I brought it up earlier, but it comes across like Milan if you do it the wrong way, where you, you kind of want to hit a certain audience, but yet uh, the people that are actually making the decisions are still like, the wrong people to be making the decisions. Um, so I think that they did a lot. There's again, not the same it's, you know, Marvel versus Disney's proper, but a lot of the mistakes that Mulan made, a lot of my issues that I had with Mulan, all of that was corrected with this version of Shang-Chi that we got. So I, I really, I really enjoyed the full package of what they put together. What about you, Jelani? What about your views on the structure of this movie? And I, I respect that Jasmine very much so. Um, I, I like it, you know, as a flow, if I had never gone into this movie with an idea of what Shang-Chi was, mm-hmm. I, I have a great respect for, you know, what they, they decided to go with. Yeah. On and see, I think that's where we're different, right? Like I don't have any of the comic background that you yeah. had. So yeah. when at the very beginning, when you had said, well, this is not really what Shang-Chi is supposed to be. I was like, oh, I hadn't. I had no yeah, idea. Like no, I literally went in and I was like, "Damn, I'm enjoying this." <laughs> and it's made it's made that way because they they they're, they're trying to make a new mythology for him because of the mm-hmm. background that he currently has. Right, so right. I get it. I completely get it. <laughs> and if, if you're you're coming into it, you know, uh, blank slate, you don't know mm-hmm. anything about it. This is fantastic, and it is. It, it, it's it's uh, the I have pacing issues with it though because he does jump to eleven like. 20 minutes in yeah right that bus yeah. scene which is my favorite scene in the movie by the way i love that bus scene uh it is it i, I think it happens too quickly and if it i mean i and more more so for me i would have wanted to see more of san francisco mm-hmm. um, ant-man lives yeah. in san francisco but i mean you, you don't make an ant reference ant-man of course but but have the city have the city in chinatown and, and what you know what that entails. I would have wanted that integrated into this film. I wanted to see actual Chinese culture in this, and that's what I. Uh, that's why I, I believe that the third act kind of like falls off because it's caricatures of Chinese figureheads. Like you get the Chinese lion, mm-hmm. you get the the, the Chinese the, the mystical creature thing uh, aspect, which is fine. I love it. I love it. But at the same time it still feels kind of uh, it just feels off to me it's kind of off-putting for what the film was setting up to begin with Mm -hmm. like it was it was a darker grittier thing and you go to um you go to macau and you see see the cities and things like that and it's mystical yes there's certain things that are mystical about it but when when they get to the when they get to that island for me it just feels like it's a it's kind of jarring um, cause you didn't really have the aspect, mm-hmm. like you were creeping it in. You were trying to play with me with it. And of course the rings, you know, help with certain things, but that's not a part of that mythology either. Yeah. So it's, it just kind of felt weird that we have, I- I'm glad they had a different dimension, but it just didn't feel right for me. Um, the, the, the acting is great. 
Um, I like the characters. I like the, 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 like I said, the pacing is a little uneven, but I, I do like that they get to certain, um, they, they hit the beats yeah. that Marvel movies hit. Mm. Like you have the character that's kind of fish out of water, but, but he's happy in his life and you throw him into this world, but mm-hmm. he's already been in this world, but he's reintroduced to it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, 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 I like it. I like it. It's been done before, but I like it. And, uh, I, but it's a formula. It's a formula that works. A formula that's, that works. that's the thing. That's Marvel. Yeah, it's exactly. Mar- it's the Marvel machine. Yeah. They, they know what they're doing. And I, I trust them completely because I know that, that in the future, all of this builds up to a lot because mm-hmm. it's my favorite movie. Uh, it's, it's quite low because of what they did to Edgar Wright. But the, the fact that they were willing to go this far and do this mm-hmm. and, and have him possess the rings and he is now he's now you know it, i wanted him to be the master kung fu to be honest i wanted to bust out and do bruce lee <laughs> i wanted it so deep but i know you can't do that now um so it, it's fine and uh, the, the fights were well choreographed um, I think the, the the guy who did the chore the choreography passed away, like right after this film was made. Um, I, I, as far as I know, don't know quote me. I don't know. I think that's kind of what I've heard in the ether. So uh, it, it's it, the the fight scenes were well done. Uh, I, I do think the the crouching tiger hidden dragon fight scene at the beginning is a little cheesy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but it's still it's still I think it's still cute. Yeah. And endearing that he's like, I, I've come here to take your city. And she's like, I'm not gonna let you. Yeah. And they're fighting and they're like, they're not even fighting, they're like dancing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a dance, and it's it's so good. And, and Michelle Yeoh, when, when she dances with Simon, it, it's so it, it, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely gorgeous. I I I love I I, I love everything about that portion. Of the movie, I love those porches because I'm not a fan of Crash Tiger Hidden Dragon because what they did was they put flashbacks within flashbacks in that movie, and you confuse the crap out of me. I'm like, no, <laughs> you confuse me in movies. Stop it, stop it, <laughs> stop it. So I, I like how we have flashbacks in this movie, and they're integrated at the right time. Like, yes. you don't find out that they the, use them to great effect, as opposed to slowing down the pace of the film, which a lot of people make that mistake when they're using flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more it's more of a story. It's not just Shang-Chi. It's it's the story of Wen Wu and Shang-Chi mm-hmm. and, and, and how it be I like how it begins with Wen Wu and how he is explained throughout this. And, and I, I to 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 introduce him first and not our main character is fantastic. I think it was brilliant. I think mm-hmm. it, it tells that story well of who he was, like Sauron in Lord of the Rings. It explains all of this stuff in chapters before you even get to the main story so it under it's it's uh, it's okay for me like i said it's a still kind of a mixed bag it's up and down for me and i i, I still enjoyed the film overall mm-hmm. but like i said that the, the the great protector is nowhere in marvel um marvel canon um if you're going to do something you do think fang boom but even think fang boom is problematic but because uh, Fing Fang Fu's race creates the rings, cr- creates the actual rings, mm-hmm. so yeah. they, uh, they, they don't they don't reference it with even the Great Protector. 
And so I like the Great Protector, but I don't. I, the big scary monster at the mm-hmm. end too is just uh, Soul Eater. Uh, yeah, he is. He is in canon. He is Soul Eater exists. So it's just still kind of weird to throw all that in there in this in this martial arts movie, which I thought it was gonna be, <laughs> I thought it was going to be purely martial arts. I thought it was purely going to be in San Francisco. I thought that we're going to show the culture and the heritage of, of Chinatown and, and a lot of different aspects of that culture. So I learned that's that going to be in the sequel, Jelani. They're going to save something it. for the sequel. I want it. I want sandwiches, yeah. but I want stuff to eat. Shut up. Take money. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I'm sorry. I, I go on rants, but that's how I felt about it. That's all right. Jasmine, Jasmine will just cut you out later. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> She just no. messaged me going later. I know, like, I know we were meant to have Chelaney on the show, but I just edited him out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, he rambles. <laughs> um, in terms of the movie, I do think it was a little bit too long. Uh, but overall, I did enjoy the structure of the movie. Uh, I think it was, to be honest, the dialogue never felt, it felt, it didn't feel flat. It felt alive. Um, everybody sort of with passion. I actually like that it was generally serious. I not sure how i feel overall about ben kingsley being brought in i liked katie's humor i'm not too sure although i found ben kingsley's humor funny and charming i could have done without it and i could have done without that role being in there i kind of felt like um when shang um uh sorry when shang Shi's father mentions that he was the mandarin previously i did feel that was enough i didn't really feel that we need to bring trevor in to really double down on the fact that he what he did in Iron Man 3. I could have probably, if I'm honest with you, cut Ben Kingsley out of this film. Like, you know, did we need to have a white guy in the movie? You know, like um it was it was funny, like don't get me wrong, I did laugh. I enjoyed his moments, but I actually personally could have cut him out and it would have been equally as good a movie as it was without Ben Kingsley being in it. I didn't feel that we needed him to be there to tell us again what he did. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know if that's why he was in there to tell us what he did previously, like to really double down that Mandarin thing. I probably would have taken that out. Uh, overall, like I said, I really enjoyed the movie. I did think like you, Jelani, I thought more of it was going to be spent in San Francisco. I didn't realize it was going to be sort of as global hopping as it was. I didn't have a problem necessarily with that. I didn't like the end scene in the village. I suddenly was like, oh, where's this come from? Like, you you know, we kind of made yeah. the whole Mulan joke and stuff. It's kind of felt a bit like it was suddenly, and they've explained it as it was sort of a, I don't know, another dimension or something. But still, I, I probably could have done without those dragon scenes. Um, totally honest with you. I mean, I'll talk about this in a minute. We'll talk about CGI and stuff. But um I don't know. I, I sort of, I did overall enjoy it. I would definitely watch it again, which I think says a lot. Um, I think the pacing was probably a little bit off though. Um, but overall, I'd say the structure I think was was really well done. In terms of favourite scenes, I loved the whole fighting on the side of the building. I mm. thought that was brilliant. I yeah. thought I really loved that whole thing, and it was brilliant. I love the fact that his sister does come back yeah. and helps him. So we don't talk about her enough. She was yeah. awful. She, yeah, yeah. We haven't. We haven't talked about her. So I'll quickly segue over into production. So I loved everything about the set designs Mm -hmm. and the locations. I've never been to San Francisco. And whenever I see it in movies, I'm like, oh, I really want to go to that city. One day, one day. It is fabulous. And the best Chinese food I've ever had in this country was (laughs) some basement restaurant with no sign in San Francisco. Well, 
maybe one day I'll go. I, I enjoyed the sort of the global hop in to a degree. Again, not overly keen on the little village at the end, but the CGI, I want to talk about that. So these two dragons, I honestly, at the end, just couldn't tell what who was what dragon. I was just watching it and it was just so quick. Do you know what they could have done was maybe used a bit of bullet time to slow things down, to show us the dragons fighting. So I know bullet time they don't really use that much anymore, but I could have really done with them just really slowing things down, which would have, which would have been really cinematic, to be honest, to have slowed down the fighting so we could make it clear who, what was what. Because with all that water going on everywhere and the two dragons fighting each other, I was just so confused. Like, uh, yeah, that final was... fight scene with, with the red and the blue people fighting, yeah. like you couldn't tell what was going on. You didn't know. And you see them carry the souls away and you do see yeah. a lot of people's souls being taken. But yeah. at the same time, I would have I, I would have liked to see more of that while they were fighting, like they're fighting. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just it, it just looked like a hodgepodge. It's just like so much is going on on the screen. They're fighting each other. They're, <laughs> yeah. fighting, they're fighting these things, you know. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but it's it's a CGI it's a, it's a CGI crapshoot for this one for me. But yeah, <laughs> go ahead. No, that's fine. I, I mean, have you two got any views on on it at all? On just the sort of the CGI uh, and the set design, that kind of stuff. Oh, well. no, not really. I mean, it's it's still great for the most part. Like uh, the the bus sequence and the bus being cut in half, that was fantastic. The fighting on the side of the building in Macau, that was really great. Um, even just with regular stuff like Wong using his portals and. The, them bring in abomination back like abomination looked a little different uh i mm. mean it, i think they kind of upgraded the design a little bit but still like it's very reminiscent like makes you remember that even though you guys have not put a hulk film into the mcu officially like it's nice that you are bringing hulk characters in um yeah i mean I don't really have any complaints one way or the other. Nothing felt too, too out of place to me. Yeah. Let's talk about um, the end of the movie. So the movie ends with father dying and everybody having a bit of a, you know, again, holding hands and running off into the sunlight and uh, sunset, sorry. Uh, but, but what I loved actually was that we kind of went full circle that Shang-Chi and Katie are sitting there with their two best mates. Yeah. And like, even they say, look, a week ago, you guys were like parking cars. Like, really, yeah. And then I love that Wong opens the doorway, walks in, and it's like, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi. Like, <laughs> uh, and, then they, and then they walk off. But I, so I love the kind of fact that we do get this like happy ending. And, and I, I watched this with a friend who hadn't been to the cinema for years. And I was like, we've got to wait. Like, there's going to be mid-credit sequences so like there's two there's two we got a mid and a post yeah Yeah. mid and a post and actually they were both relevant to the film so uh what so the first one is that the sister is now in charge of the ten rings uh criminal empire and she looks pretty pretty happy about it so i thought i'm I'm intrigued to see more of that and then we got then we sent at the end we've obviously got Shang-Chi and Katie with Wong and Captain Marvel and they and sorry and Hulk as well. And they reference a beacon hidden within the rings. And who is this beacon signaling? 
who, who, who is out there? Who are we calling? So, I mean, you know, who else other than Galactus? The, the Galactus! Eternals, the Eternals trailer that they finally released uh, right before the film started, the one that's attached to the actual film, um, finally showed Galactus in the, that Eternals trailer. And I was Wait, like, no, how? Galactus. That's not that, Galactus. Oh. No, that's not Galactus. No, that yeah, that's not Galactus. Galactus at all. My no. bad. See, no. the deal with... The, we deal with um, that's the Fantastic Four. It's a Fantastic Four property. And yeah. we, of course, they... Uh, 20th Century Fox obtained the rights to Fantastic Four, but they haven't done anything with that yet. They have not teased Galactus at all. They've oh, who was Galactus. that then in the Eternals? Oh, that was the Celestial. Uh, Celestial. How do you say it? Yeah, are, Celestial, yeah. They're, they're Jack Kirby creation. Jack, uh, Jack Kirby created the Celestials. I know absolutely nothing past this other than their uber um, they're like gods. Uh, they're basically uh, like gods. Cosmic gods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. the ones that created the Eternals to bring them to Earth to uh, to fight the Deviants. That's yeah, what yeah. they did in in the Jack Kirby comic book canon. So they show Galactus. They don't show Galactus. They show one of the Celestials. Okay. Yeah. The I learned something today, Ben. No, it's all good. That's what I'm saying. You're you're a Marvel normie. I feel you. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Well, yeah, when that trailer came out, everyone went mental going, oh, it's Galactus in the trailer. Galactus? Like, no, it's like, not Galactus. It's Galactus looks like But well, then the Celestials are really well known to most people, like like Jasmine. Right. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what the Watchers look like, but that's because right. of what if. Yeah. Right. You get, and you only get, t- technically, there's uh, Uatu. Uatu is the, the only Watcher. He's the Watcher that uh, is in Galactus. For Fantastic Four, he he is the one that that talks to, to he interferes for the first time when he talks to Galactus because he he's never interfered. He only watches, mm. and that's where he comes from. That's that from that original story of Galactus, which I really hope we get. I really hope we get a good Fantastic Four movie finally, where it actually tells the story of Galactus, and he's not a big giant smoke cloud. And I don't, they won't do whatever that. that nonsense was. Well, I, I, I generally believe Marvel won't. I don't think Marvel will mess up Galactus. No, so. they won't mess them up. But but they're introducing Celestials. So if they're introducing Celestials, we're getting Galactus. So yeah. it's coming. It's just a weird. It's a weird turn for us to have uh, that big of a cosmic being this far in. I mean, we needed we needed the Eternals probably a little bit before before this, but. I'm glad they are where they are right now. I'm glad they're starting it right there. So we uh, people will understand deeper Marvel lore because there's deeper stuff. They're, they're, they're like E, F, and C list. <laughs> Hero, or, uh, e, F, and G, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, heroes that we don't know about that they're, they're slowly bringing in here because yeah. Iron Man was so successful because of his, his C list status. Mm-hmm. And they brought him in and it was successful. They brought in Guardians of the Galaxy, which I never read until and it turned out to be one of my favorite Marvel films. But uh, I like how they're bringing these properties slowly into this. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're and, and it, it makes people want to know more about these characters. So I love it. it it's making people nerds all over the world. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely adore it. So, <laughs> keep doing it sorry keep going well that's brilliant um as we, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of wrap up our review of shang chi and we'll end, we end it as we always do with a ratings very similar to what you guys do on pcp uh we rate it out of five so jelani what would you give this out of five this movie this one uh shang chi 
Oh, Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm going to give it. I'm giving it three point five. Um, I give it three point five. It's it's a solid movie. Uh, it, it's got a, it's a mixed bag for me. That third act, I don't know. Uh, I, I wanted him to fight the Mandarin in some awesome epic battle on top of a building to, again. Mm. I, I wanted to see that, but we we got we got flying space things, so. It's it's okay. It's a mixed bag, but I will definitely watch it again. I watched it twice already, so I'm definitely watching it again. And I can't wait to see what they do going forward with his character, with um, Aquafina's character now, with Katie. I want to see all this uh, happen again. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. So, three point five for me. Brilliant. Three point five from you and Jasmine. What about from you? Uh, I'm going higher. I'm going four point five. Uh, coming in as just looking at film uh, with obviously no background knowledge of this character at all. I just, I really enjoyed this movie as, as almost a standalone movie. Like they made a couple of references that you'd have to know, like if you had never watched Iron Man three, then you don't get the Trevor reveal at all, obviously. But uh, I just, I enjoyed this film and I am, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what they do with the, with the follow-up film, but I am really all in for Shaolin being the new head of the Ten Rings. So, cause yeah. we, we didn't talk about it enough during this review, we didn't. but she is such a badass. And like, now that the compound is all <clears throat> graffitied and very like pop cultured and like underground, like subculture, like, hell yeah. Like she's got women in there fighting with the, they get the same kind of training that the men get. I am very eager to see what kind of Ten Rings uh, she's going to bring up into the next film. So four and a half, for me yeah i i actually when i was thinking about the grade i was going in four and a half as well so i think like i i did have some problems with the end bit but generally i think this is a good solid movie i like i say the only bit i would have cut out would have been trevor i would have been happy with shang chi's father just saying i was once called the mandarin and that would have been it i would have been i actually was just happy with that i didn't feel we need any more trevor um or any any references so actually cut that out and you know probably probably would have given me a five um but i'll go for four and a half and like you jasmine i'm actually excited to see where we go with the ten rings criminal empire mm-hmm. <laughs> um i yeah. i love the fact that already katie and uh shang chi have been introduced to wong and they're already and like i love the fact that hulk's like yeah welcome to the club so <laughs> I thought, I, 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 so i think it was a good a generally a good standalone film but then i love at the end they kind of just spice it into the marvel universe so uh, they didn't really put like you said jelani and man's in uh, san francisco I, I you know i'm glad that they didn't do that as well like you yeah. know to maybe have the, the bus fly past ant-man on the street or something like that you know that, that actually could have well, been that, a good yeah. stan lee cameo actually like, like just to have him walking out the shop like i don't know buying a newspaper and he just sees a thing but obviously it's so quick that it's so <laughs> quick and he, it's, he could so, have, it's what's missing it's what's missing like, yeah. it, i mean i mean if it had been like yeah. that like if it had just gone past paul, paul rudd is like i don't know sitting down having a coffee and the bus flies past you just see him like you know that that probably i would have been okay with but i wouldn't have wanted him to get involved like oh no no yeah. like, i didn't yeah. want him involved like, yeah. I, I, I want like a, i would want to if he's in san francisco if you're in san francisco have a brief reference to an ant yeah, yeah. that's yeah. it that's it you don't you don't even have to have paul rudd in it 
you know, just something to throw. Oh, oh yeah, or you could have had like, like you know, in, in America, you guys have those like newspaper things on the street, don't you, where you put like a quarter in and get a newspaper out. You could have had like a newspaper glass window thing which showed Ant-Man saved restaurant from burning right. two days ago, or it just like, as the bus goes past. That might have been a cool reference, like a bit like how we're not got Stan Lee in anymore. You could have had... Right, we need what something. That's yeah. what yeah. Yeah. in these movies. Yeah. And, uh, they, they, they need a well. You can't have a new Stanley, but you know they could have do. Well, they're, they're trying to make Deadpool. They're trying to make Ryan Reynolds it, but see, they oh, haven't introduced God. him yet. But see, uh, they could do something fun where they just have a different character in every film, like just some different Wall. random character, or like a bit like a Where's Wally? Like you know, you suddenly yeah. spot like, uh, or you guys call it Waldo, don't you? But like, um, so like have something like that in the background might be quite cool. But yeah. or, or you know, I don't know. Um, anyway, let's finish there. Cheers, Jelani, for joining us on Eggs and Easter's review. Um, Thank you, so next episode, we will be reviewing the whole of season one of Jujutsu Kaisen. I am so excited that I finally got Mark to watch some anime. You guys have no idea. And, and by the way, I volunteered. I suggested it. I said, let's watch it. So It's a great show. It is fantastic. And yeah. uh, sure. don't forget, don't we did it, start... Don't give any views now. Let's save it for the <laughs> Well, anyway. too late it's too late um, and don't forget we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time our ninth late to the party book club episode was Persepolis by Marjan Satrapi that episode dropped mid-August and our next book club we're going to be reviewing the first two volumes of Why the Last Man by Brian K. Bond and Pia Guerra you can also follow us as geeks and niched everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Come say hello, come come DM, come do whatever. Uh, Jelani, are you anywhere on social media or is it just uh, the PCP? Or Oh yeah, I don't do Twitter or Instagram or anything because I like my job. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm Jelani Ali Bullard. Uh, I have another uh, Facebook page. Um, of course, uh, check out our PCP army um on facebook we have a facebook group um yep. we also have uh cultural pop the place to talk nerd is another group that i'm in or that i admin so um we we just talk nerd stuff drop memes you know talk shit online that's what we do <laughs> so it's all i do because you know once again i like my job so i, I can't get canceled out on these streets <laughs> no, i'm too pretty <laughs> but thanks thanks for having me so much guys i really appreciate it this was a great lovely discussion yeah it was good yeah. and uh one more thing guys you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast google podbean apple spotify we are everywhere so please give us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends thank you very much guys cheers for listening good journey oh i didn't do it because i thought <laughs> you got the fill up of it but yes good journey good journey <laughs> <laughs>